Thank you for tuning in to the Remodel Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and encourages your daily life. Open up your Bibles. Let's go to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. John is in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. If you hit Acts and Romans and 1st and 2nd Corinthians and all that, you've gone too far. Go a little bit to the left. So at the end of our lives, God tells us that we're going to stand before God and we're going to be held accountable for everything that we said and everything that we did while we were here on, on this earth. And it really, really breaks my heart whenever tragedy strikes an area like Florida this week. And the first thing that so many people do is jump to one side or the other of a political fence. The reality is God is not going to ask you when you stand before God one day, he's not going to ask you. Were you a Republican or a Democrat? He's not going to ask you which amendments you believed in. He's not going to ask you what rights you believe that we should have had as Americans. What he's going to ask you is, did you stand with the brokenhearted? Jesus tells a story of when he's standing at the end, at the end of age and, and people are coming before him and he's going to separate some to his right and from some to his left. He's going to tell the left, I never knew you. And he's going to tell the right, the people to the right, he's going to say, hey, I was naked and you clothed me. I was hurting and or I was hungry and you fed me. I was in prison and you came and you visited me. I needed something and you helped me enter into the presence of the Lord. And they're going to respond with, but we never saw you hungry. We never saw you naked. We never saw you in prison. What are you talking about? And he's going to answer with, because you did it for the least of these. You did it for me. At the end of our lives, he's not going to ask us, were you a Republican or were you a Democrat or other? Were you left wing or were you right wing? He's going to ask, did you stand with the brokenhearted? So as we unwrap this story in John chapter 11 this morning, that's what it's all about. It's going to be about how does God deal with tragedy? How did Jesus deal with tragedy? Not jumping to one side of a political fence, but we're going to see that he stood with the brokenhearted. John chapter 11, verse 1. We're going to read a lot this morning, so go ahead and follow along. Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So earlier in the Bible... This woman breaks through the scene when Jesus is with his disciples and with a couple of other important guys. And, and she pours out this oil under the feet of Jesus and begins to wipe his feet with her hair. This is the Mary that he's talking about. Therefore, the sister sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. 
highlight that part, those red letters. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi or teacher, lately the Jews sought to stone you. And are you going there again? They're saying, Jesus, it's dangerous for you to go to that part of the country. It's dangerous for you to go to those areas. Why do you want to go there again? Last time you were there, they tried to kill you. Are you serious? You really want to go? Verse 9, Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If anyone walks in a day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him. Now check out just how unsmart the disciples are. I'll just put it that way. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get well. He's going to wake up. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. They thought Lazarus Lazarus was just taking a nap. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Verse 16, then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, but about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, highlight this. This is a question that so many people are asking. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. If God was real, there wouldn't be so much tragedy in the world. If God was real, if God really loved, if God really existed, then there wouldn't be so much brokenness, there wouldn't be so much hunger, there wouldn't be so much tragedy in the world. Martha was the very first one to point it out. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Highlight that. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And when she said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into town, but but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, I like this part again, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
Oftentimes we blame God, don't we? Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, to her, and he said where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. The shortest scripture in the entire Bible right here. If you want to learn a Bible verse this morning, here it is. Jesus wept. John chapter 11, verse 35. You're welcome. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? So many fingers being pointed at Jesus right now. Then Jesus again groaning in himself came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. Highlight this part. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And highlight that. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. Highlight that. Now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much this morning for your presence that we've already felt in this place. Lord, this morning as we unwrap this, these scriptures and this story, Lord, we ask that you would speak into our hearts and into our lives. Help us to understand how you handle and how you deal with tragedy. Jesus, help us to understand your word. Help us to receive your word. But more than anything, help us to live your word out. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. So the very first thing that I want you guys to write down, and it's not in your notes, but I want you to write it down, is is you're going to be held accountable not for what side of the political fence you stood on, but whether or not you stood with the brokenhearted. Again, it grieves me. It really grieves me to see how many people use this as an opportunity to... to, um, advance their own agenda and and some type of political stance. Whether right wing or left wing, I don't care which side of it, it's just wrong. It's not who Jesus has called us to be, but he's called us to stand with the broken heart in. Verse 4, I asked you to highlight, highlight this. Verse 4 of John chapter 11. Then Jesus, when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, 
but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Jump down to verse 15. He says, and I am glad, he's talking to the disciples, I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. And this is what I want you to see. In every tragedy, there is an opportunity for God to move. In every situation, in every broken, messed up, messy situation, there is an opportunity for God to move. Earlier in the Bible, Jesus is walking. Actually, the, the blind man that the Jews referenced said, Jesus opened the eyes of the blind man. He could have healed him. Jesus is walking down the street. With, the, with his disciples, and they, they see a blind man that was burnt, born blind, excuse me, and he's a beggar, and the disciples ask the question, why was he born blind? Was it because of his sin that you knew that he was going to sin in his life, and so it was better for him to be born blind, or was it because of his parents who sinned? So many times, just most of the times, we look for people to blame during tragedy. We look... What is, what is at fault? Who is at fault? Who can we blame? Democrats, Republicans, can we bl- blame this people group? Who should we blame? And that's what they're looking for. Who is to blame for the, uh, the purpose of this man being born blind? And Jesus said, it's not because of his sin. It's not because of his parents' sin. It's not because of anybody's sin, he says, but so that God could work through him. Listen, when tragedy strikes, either nationally or in our families, in our homes, we don't look for who to blame for. We don't look at who to put, point fingers at, but we, uh, we immediately, excuse me, begin to look up and know this is an opportunity for me to show my faith in God. This is an opportunity for God to move. This is an opportunity for God to do something. I don't care who's to blame. I care that this is a great opportunity for God to show his power. It's an opportunity to really live out Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can suffer well. It's an opportunity for, for me to show people that I love God and that I live for God. In every tragedy... In every broken situation, in every mess, there is an opportunity for God to move. Let's look for that instead of looking who or where to point a finger. Verses 21 and 32. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here... My brother would not have died. And then verse 32, just about the same thing. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Tragedies are not proof of God's absence, but a result of living in a broken world. Tragedies and hunger and and death and all of these things are not a result of God's absence. It's not proof of of God's non-existence, but it's a result of living in a broken world. John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says, I have told you these things. I have shared these things with you because 
in this world, you will have troubles. You will have tribulations. You will have struggles. They're going to have problems. But then he says, but take heart or be encouraged. Be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. You guys with me? Tragedy is going to be a part of life. It doesn't make it fun. But did you know that one out of every one person dies? You got none of us are going to live forever. Tragedy is a part of life. And it's not because God doesn't exist. It's not because God doesn't love us. It's because we're living in a broken world, guys. This isn't home. This life isn't supposed to be easy and perfect. This is a broken world where we all have free will. And we can all do whatever we want to do. Whatever pleases us, whatever we choose to do, we can do it. And there's going to be some people that are just going to choose to do evil things. And as long as there's free will, there's going to be evil. Because there's going to be sin. It's not proof of God's absence. But it's just a result of living in a broken world. Verses 22 through 26. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. This is Martha speaking to Jesus. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus, did I just read the wrong verses? I did. This is what I meant to read, actually. Verses 32 through 36. I'm sorry. That's why it's throwing me off. Then when Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping... And the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Shortest scripture in the Bible. Jesus wept. Then the Jews saw, said, or excuse me, then the Jews said, see how he loved him. I want you to know this. Jesus does not only see your pain, but Jesus feels your pain. Jesus did not only see the pain of Mary and Martha and those who loved Lazarus. He not only saw it, but he felt it. The Bible says that we have a high priest that sympathizes with us. That knows and feels pain and and feels the hunger and feels the hurt. Feels the disappointment that all of us feel at times in our lives. Jesus does not only see your pain. Jesus isn't standing up in the clouds saying, huh, sucks to be you. Jesus doesn't just see your pain. Jesus feels your pain. 
He sympathizes with you. Whatever pain you're feeling, whatever pain you're going through, know that it disrupts God and it, and it hurts him and it hurts his heart as well. He's not sitting up in heaven saying, just get over it. It's not that big of a deal. But he feels your pain. He feels what you are going through. Jesus wept. It's a scripture all on its own because it shows just how, it's such an important scripture. It shows that Jesus felt the pain of the tragedy. John chapter 11, verses 39 through 40. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for day, four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? God wants your hope to be based on your faith and not on your situation. Jesus shows up. Mary and Martha had, have already said, hey, if If you had been here, first of all, he wouldn't have been dead. But then they go on to say, but we also know that whatever you ask of God, he's going to give you. And so Jesus shows up and he says, okay, then roll away the stone. They say, wait, 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 wait. But he stinks by now. Like, Jesus, maybe you could have kept him from dying or maybe you could have raised him from the dead immediately. But four days later, the situation has changed now. See, God doesn't want your hope to be on your situation, but your hope should be in your faith. We hope in the things not yet seen. We hope in, in the unseen, what we do not know for certain. Jesus wants your hope to be in your faith. And when our hope is just based on our reality and what we see, that's when hope begins to die. Right? Right? Have you ever set a goal or you just believed or you hoped that by a certain date you would overcome something? And when that doesn't happen, you just be, you get very disappointed. You begin to give up. You say, this is just the way it's always going to be. That ever happened? Because our hope begins to focus on what our situation looks like right now and not on our faith in Jesus. Our hope shouldn't be based on what we see. If we base our hope on what we see, then yeah, the church is losing. Then it it just seems like there's too much evil and there's not enough good in this world. If we base our hope on the scene, if you base your hope on what you see on the TV and on news, oh my gosh, you would have given up a long time ago, right? But we don't put our hope where we see But we put our hope in the unseen, in our faith in Jesus, who he says he is and what he can do. There's been times in my life where I've set a a certain goal, sometimes for the church, sometimes for for my family, and sometimes just a personal goal that I want to do, I want to accomplish this by X date. 
And as long as everything seems to be rolling along good, then I'm excited and I'm happy and I feel like we've got momentum and, and I'm moving and I'm trucking along and I'm just like the little engine that could, man. I, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. But whenever something comes apart, when something doesn't go the way that I thought that it should have gone, if I keep my attention and if I keep my hope on the scene, then I give up. I quit. There's no reason in trying anymore. This is the way it's always going to be. There was sin in my life that a couple years ago that I thought was just always going to be a part of my life. I just thought this is just the way that I'm going to live my life. I'm always going to deal and struggle with this. I had given up hope that I could overcome this. Until I just decided, you know what? I'm weak, but he is strong. If I'll just keep my attention on him, maybe, just maybe, it'll go away. And I'm not perfect. Listen to me. I'm not perfect by any stretch. But I do believe that I've overcome and I have conquered that sin in my life. Not because of me, not because of my willpower, but just simply because of my persistence to believe and put my hope in faith. And not in my current situation. You guys with me? I love these verses. Verse 44. And then we'll jump back to verse 25. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with the cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? It's important to remember, we are on the winning team. We are on the winning team. Just highlight or circle in your notes Romans 8, 31 through 39, and just read that at home. Read it at home. But we're on the winning team. Listen, if you're following Jesus, if you're chasing after God, if you're keeping your hope in your faith and not on your current situation, not on your circumstances, know and understand we are on the winning team. I can't imagine how dark it had to have been those three days when Jesus himself was in the tomb. And even though Jesus had told the disciples time and time and time again, listen, this is coming. This is coming. I'm going to die. They're going to crucify me. But don't worry because I'm coming right back. But still the disciples for a moment thought they had lost. They walked with Jesus for three years. They saw the man walk on sea. They they saw him spit on the ground, make mud, rub it on a guy's eyes, and heal him. It's incredible. By the way, right after service, I'm going to practice my healing. So we're going to be out there. I'm going to be spitting on the ground, rubbing it wherever you're sick. Okay? If you've got a cough, I'm just going to rub it on your tongue. But incredible. Listen, how, how do you not believe in the man after that? 
But still for three days, their darkest days, they thought that they had lost. They thought it was, I don't know, I don't know what they thought. But some of them thought, let's just go back to fishing. Some of them thought, dude, let's just hang out here forever. Listen, in your darkness, don't ever for a moment believe that that's where you end up. In your brokenness, in your tragedy, in your struggle, don't ever for a moment believe that that's the end of your story. Don't ever for a moment believe that darkness overcomes the light. It doesn't work that way, spiritually or naturally. If it's dark, you know what you do in the room? You turn on a stinking light, right? Darkness doesn't win. Light over, always overcomes. Always. You're on the winning team. Don't give up. You're on the winning team. Don't lose faith. You're on the winning team. Quit complaining. You're on the winning team. Keep believing. Keep moving forward because you're going to win this game. James chapter 4 verse 14 says that this life is just a vapor. Then go to Revelation chapter 21 verse 4. It's the very last book of the Bible. So just go to the very back. Revelation chapter 21 verse 4. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. They sh- there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. Sh- there shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Everything that we face in this world is temporary. Everything that we face in this world is temporary. Nothing is eternal. The tragedies that we face and and the brokenness that we face in our lives and that we feel in our lives, it's temporary. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. It's temporary. This life is but a vapor in the wind. It's temporary. Do not lose hope. I want to just for a moment, just for a moment, I want to talk to those of you that have faced tragedy in your life. You've lost loved ones. You've been abused or you've been manipulated. You've been affected by addiction. You face tragedy. When you, when you, when, when you hear the word tragedy, your mind goes back to a certain time and a moment in your life. I want to speak to you just for a moment. Because I understand that That when big things happen, sometimes, honestly, sometimes we just, that pain doesn't ever go away. I can understand that that every single day, every time you hear something or see something or someone, your mind goes right back to that place. And you still feel that pain. You may never find the comfort that you need or that you want here on this earth. But this is what I want you to know. These are your scriptures. Psalms chapter 54, 34, excuse me. Psalms chapter 34 verse 18 says that God is close to the brokenhearted. God is close to the brokenhearted. 
Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, Come to me, all of you who are weary, all of you who are heavy laden or, or who have big burdens, heavy burdens on your soul and on your heart. He says, Come to me and I will give you rest. Then in Psalms chapter 51, verse 17, God says that he never rejects a broken heart. He never rejects a broken heart. While you may never find the comfort that you, that you seek for on this earth, know that God is close to you. Know that you can come to Him and He can give you rest and know that He will never reject your broken heart. He will never reject your broken heart. And if there's anyone who really feels your pain with you, it's Jesus who bore all weight of all sin, of all brokenness, and all pain for us. This is the end of the message. For more information, go to www.thermodelchurch.com.